Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. To remind myself that we are recording the introduction for the inner light. Yes. An episode that turns me into um, a, a crying, blubbering fanboy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks for agreeing with that. Appreciate that. Well, you did. <laughs> yeah, I know I did. I, I, and I do every time. I love the show. So this is, this episode is just, you know, you, you now know what this episode does to me. You, you, you declared it my notebook. So I did. Yeah. So welcome, everybody. We're going to be talking about The Inner Light, uh, our episode 26. Uh, Jessica, newbie here. I've watched it for the first time, and we're going to be talking about all of my first impressions and Andy and all of his extreme and long-lived love for this particular episode. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to Beginning the Track. Our mission is to introduce Star Trek, and uh, um, and our conversation was kind of a little all over the place. But it's good. Oh, great. I yeah. It. I mean, it was, you know, I, 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 I have another cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll hear it. Um, so there were no spoilers for, for this episode. We pretty much just dive right in. So, uh, Jessica, you've got the 10 sentences this week, you lucky girl. <laughs> this was super tough to get down into because I, I wanted to fit. So I didn't, I left out a lot, and I'm sorry about that, but it's not a lot of time to recap. So. Shall I do this? Yeah, go for it. Okay. The Enterprise comes across a space probe, which knocks out Captain Picard, and then Riker turns into a very lovely woman who turns out to be Picard's wife, Eline, who is actually calling him Cayman. We're on a new planet in Skaton, and no one's ever heard of the Enterprise, and we've never met any aliens, but we do meet a new BFF for Picard slash Cayman, Bataille. And Picard discovers that here, as Cayman, he's an iron weaver who enjoys playing a flute. Back on the Enterprise, Riker calls Dr. Crusher for help because Picard has fallen into a coma, but he's got a lot of neurological activity going on, so they decide to... wait. After the break, five years has passed on Catan, and Cayman slash Picard finally lets go of being Picard by asking Aline, to her great enjoyment, if she would like to start a family. Back on the Enterprise, Data disrupts the beam from the probe, and they cut the connection to Picard, which leads to him freaking out on the Enterprise, and also to Cayman on Catan collapsing. So Data undoes that real quick. After another break, ten years has passed on Catan, and Cayman, together with his adult daughter Maribor, have found that the sun's radiation is killing all the plant life, and they need to warn everyone, but it turns out, no need, the Council already knows everything. Time passes, and Aline dies, and time passes again, and the Council has spent the last years of life on Catan putting together a missile, and although Cayman is now very old, he's going to go watch it launch. As Cayman watches, he turns to see his old friend, Bataille, and his wife, Aline, in their better years, and they explain that the missile they just launched is the probe he saw just before he became Cayman, and if he remembers and teaches others about Catan, then that is all they needed. Picard wakens on the Enterprise and confusedly starts becoming the captain again after being told his life as Cayman has been all of 20 minutes. Later, in his quarters, Riker delivers to Picard the flute found on the probe, and we are sent out of the story as he plays the tune that he had created when he was Cayman. Mm, awesome. It was a lot of the back and forth, which were <laughs> like, and then years pass, and then... It was a lot of back and forth, and it was a lot of run-on sentences to get it all in. Oh, yeah. But it was all, <laughs> yeah, like, you, oh, you captured the flavor of it very nicely. Because I, I could feel it in my, in my tummy as I was listening. <laughs> I think anything about this episode you're going to feel in your tummy. 
I, I think if I just see the words, the inner light, um, I better make sure I know where the tissues are. <laughs> Jessica, the inner light. Shall we talk episode? Yes. I'd like to go first. I think you should. This one has feels. Well, it was okay. It was all right. It, it was fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no expectation. Now your turn. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it was okay, I guess. I mean, I gave it like five out of five, uh, but you told me which one, what object I would pick too. You knew the number and you knew the object. What is it? Well, I, I said that you would you would do five out of five mm-hmm. um, uh, Resican flutes. Of course. So uh, I, I'm assuming, did I get that right? Of course. That would be sacrilegious to give it anything else and, and wrong. If you'll excuse me for just a moment, if you'll mm-hmm. excuse me, I, I need to just step out of the room. I'll be right back. I just have to take care of something. I'll be right back. Yes! Woohoo! Wow. Okay. That's all taken care of. So, so it was um, okay, right? Yeah, it was not a bad, not a bad effort not too bad. from Star Trek, if you ask me. Five out of five. Uh, okay, so we're on the same page <laughs> as far as that goes. Well, I didn't like immediately start crying, that, and that's fine. But I understand where that comes from. <laughs> this was a, a really, I mean, I almost don't want to talk about it. It's like poetry or something either it's like it's like analyzing comedy you can is it still going to be funny when you're done like so there's a little part of me that's just like this is its own thing well i i had to look at this episode i mean the first time that i watched it which was a couple of weeks the first time again getting ready for this i just went through it and experienced it all and the second time i went through and i experienced it and as i experienced it i thought to myself why am i experiencing it this way every time so then the third time i went through it i was able to start to connect a little bit more to like where it is it's so beautifully done and it's so mm-hmm. well thought out the whole thing and so i in order to be able to talk about this my notes i broke down into i broke it down into two different things i broke it down into how they present the story and then the second piece was uh, just a study in brilliant acting okay and so so those i had to get kind of clinical to be able to get past. Otherwise, you're just going to hear me cry for the next 20 minutes. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> but what I want to do before all of that, because I have, I, I don't know if this is going to get put in the last one. You can cut this out, but it's like the notebook, right? Well, I see now I did not see the notebook. Uh, so I, I, I apparently was single when the notebook came out and was spared that as a man. There's a, well, I have notebooks <laughs> a couple of people. And that is when you sit them down and then you burst into tears for, I don't know, at least an hour. And I had one person look at me and it was just like, why? And there's a particular moment. So is there a particular moment in this where that's the moment where you're just like, oh, I, I lose my stuff every time? Yes. Yes. What is that um, moment? The moment is when um, Aileen, his wife, dies. Sure. 
when his wife dies, and, 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 and it's not even necessarily that I lose it at that moment, but at that moment, every time, and I've noticed this, and it mm-hmm. still happens even though I know it's happening now, which is beautiful because it's not ruined for me, I forget that Picard is Picard. Right. At that moment, he is no longer Picard. It is a completely different person going through a different thing. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, everything that he experiences, I'm right there with him. Even though I'm like, I am, you have to be reminded you're watching Star Trek at certain parts you do. During, this, yeah. during this episode mm-hmm. because it so immerses you in his life and it takes you a piece at a time from. Doubt to being more settled into that life. And that moment right there is proof that he is no longer Picard. He is he is Cayman at that moment. So you don't think it happens before then? Because the moment when he chooses to be like, I'm in this life, is when he says, let's build the nursery. Or when he asks permission. Yes. Yes. But it's at at the moment where his wife dies that I get that he is Cayman. Right. I, I, it, it still feels like there's a little tiny bit of Picard who has just said, this is just my life now mm-hmm. or, or, you know, who's given over to all of it, but he's still, when his wife dies, he doesn't even remember that he's Picard. No, he's, you know, yep. I mean, there's, there's none of that. He's just grieving for a wife that he's had these many years. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that flips a switch for me, ev- and it does it every time. Into that he's that now I I will either cry or I won't when she dies, because it's sad, mm-hmm. and he's brilliant with. I feel her death in him, you know. I just I feel it right along with just another brilliant piece of his acting, um, but when by the time that you get to the launching. And I remember, oh my gosh, that's what this was about. Here it comes again. <laughs> Damn it. It's <laughs> happening now. I'm already, st- I, like, I can feel myself tearing that's up. That's me. It's me, isn't it? When he says that. It was, yeah, it was me. Oh my, it's me. When she says, you've already seen it, Father. It was me. And, and you know, and then there's yep. um, his wife and Bataille and, and oh, you know, it, it's... It, by then, I had forgotten, mm-hmm. like he had forgotten. So when he remembers it and he sees it and he realizes it, right? I get to do that with him every time. How did they do that? How did they make an episode that has me knowing what is going to happen, still feel it, and talking about it, and the tears are streaming down my face as we're talking? Uh-huh. I was going to have a box of tissues in here, and I forgot. <laughs> Do you want to go grab them? Nah, let's keep going. Oh, you're just you're gonna power through. Okay. This is this is real stuff coming right right at you here on beginning the track. Real emotions. <laughs> I don't have quite that attachment, but I completely understand it because yes, the notebook does the same thing to me, and I know that's cliche, but I, it's true. It's true. It puts me in there, and there's specific moments in there, and I just lose it. It's it's so manipulative and I don't care because it just makes me feel (sighs) which I think that's why when you said this you forget you're watching Star Trek 
because so much of Star Trek is problem solving or figuring out the puzzle or discovering the moral or standing. Yeah. Sticking to our guns, like standing up for something. That, and Star Trek does that really well. But I almost wish Star Trek just did this <laughs> because it does it way, way better. Or maybe this was just the one time where it was going to be. It just you, you have to have the best one, right? Like, I think yeah. there are more people that consider the inner light to be among the best than the, among the worst. I think that if you were to ask, the, the inner light is probably the the one that you gotta show. But you can't show it off right off the bat. It wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense to you. Don't show this to a beginner. Uh, that's why that's why I saved it for second to last of TNG and. Exact midpoint for all y'all guys who've been following along. That's true. This is the exact midpoint. 26 episodes in, 26 episodes to go. Yeah. So, and I chose this one. It, it worked out nicely that I could put this right here. Um, this, this was, this was, if you're not going to give five, five flutes to this one, what are you going to give five to? Precisely. Mm-hmm. It does raise the bar to an absurd level. and So did Undiscovered Country. This is right there in my head. So, Well, and Measure of a Man Measure is of another a man. one that you gave five right. to. So this is only the second time you've given five in the next generation. I got a whole lot tougher because I gave out fives just because it was campy and fun. But yeah, the bar got raised real high. Uh I wanted to ask you, because I was thinking about this, obviously, this relies extremely heavily on Patrick Stewart being phenomenal, as he is. Yes. It's amazing. But I have seen other sci-fi shows that do similar things, um, especially with the, uh, like, Ghost of Christmas Past kind of episodes, right? Lots of shows do that. Mm-hmm. And this this was more of a road not taken kind of thing, but it still has that, let me show you what could be... And a lot of them do, at the same time, a lot of characters. Do you think this would have been just as effective had it been anyone other than Picard? Just as effective? Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost, not to disrespect any of the other actors. No, because part of it's just the character, what we feel about the character. Yes. Like, Worf doing this is going to be a completely different story. Is it going to have the same emotional impact because of how we feel about Worf? Not the actor at all. There is a Deep Space Nine episode about O'Brien, who you've met, so we could actually... Hey, we could talk about a Deep Space Nine episode, which... Oh, God, now I've got to start researching the names of it. I cannot remember the name of it. I will look it Would up. This, answer the question before you go off on Deep Space Nine. Yes. There's, <laughs> a, there's, an, O'Brien, there's an O'Brien episode where, where he is um, put into a simulated prison mm-hmm. and basically has to live... An entire prison sentence, even though his body doesn't age, he lives out a like a 30 or 40 year prison term and it affects him and it changes him. I don't remember it having the same kind of emotional impacts, even though there are moments in it that are certainly that high. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not I'm not saying Colmini isn't a fantastic actor. He is. Every actor's choice that Patrick Stewart made worked for me. In this, to the point where it stopped, I didn't see Patrick Stewart at all in this. I couldn't see the actor. Sometimes you ever notice that sometimes you'll be watching and they'll say something and you'll say that was weird the way they said that. Yeah. 
you don't know why, but for some reason that was weird. And maybe if you listen to it three or four times, you get, yeah, that was weird, but you don't know why. That's probably an acting choice that wasn't connected or that didn't, didn't quite link in with the story. So you, as an actor, and this is to, this is like me being an actor and trying to learn my craft and just, just looking at this master, Sir Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. I see this, this man make choices that don't look like choices to me. They just look like what would naturally happen. He wakes up and sees her face for the first time, and he's Picard, a 24th century starship captain suddenly that was looking at a probe Mm -hmm. suddenly looking at a woman's face who genuinely is looking at him saying are you okay is everything are you you know and and i believed every bit of he as he looks around trying to figure out what's going on what's happening there wasn't one moment where i said that's an actor trying to be all that and then, you know, add on top of it, you're going to have a camera two and a half feet from your face. You're going to be well lit. They're going to ask you to do it six times, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet I believed every moment, not just from him. No, I was about to say. From his, her? From her? From Bataille? From Bataille, yes. Those that two, friendship. actually those three are just, they made this world from this probe out of these specific characters and his kids too, but they like, because they come later, he settles into this world because they are. Yeah. Now my brain is getting cluttered. Like, is he only seeing one part of the world? And is this probe only showing him like one kind of, of course, is it catering to his psyche? Like we have no idea. Possibly. Certainly. The, the, the one thing that we could say is that they were capable of playing the flute. Because <laughs> that was real. <laughs> because because the flute was a real Okay, piece. is that a flute? I don't know no, music a whole no, lot. but it's not. It's actually called a penny whistle. Thank you, Mission Log, for um, doing that research so I didn't have to. Because <laughs> right. I remember from when you guys did this episode, that was called a penny whistle. Flutes go this way. Yes. You can't see me, but it's sideways. Flutes go so- on the side and the penny whistles. So technically it is a Resican right. penny whistle. We're going to call it flute because we get it. We're all going to know what you mean. I'm going to point out a piece of fashion that I really liked. And I can't believe I'm <gasps> doing that because oh as I listen to you sometimes talk about fashion and say, like, I didn't even uh-huh. see the bag. Or I saying? don't know what you're talking. I don't know. <laughs> it sets the scene. It tells you who people are. Cayman. Yeah. What Cayman wore, what, what. They put in Patrick Stewart, what Patrick Stewart wore while he was playing the flute during the naming ceremony, that baggy, like almost genie outfit. Mm-hmm. I loved. I really? loved that with those. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought that looked really fun. So am I a goofball for thinking that was cool? Or no, not? I think you okay. can like whatever you like. I was surprised. I saw that and I went, the, oh, that's cool. I, I wouldn't look go. as good in it because I, I got a bigger belly than, than him. It, it all plumed out and on me it would be like I wouldn't plume as much or it would plume too much. They have a tendency to put him, I've noticed, when he's not in the one thing that he wears, you know, every single time. Uh, they have a tendency to put him in like baggy hip that slim down to the ankle 
they did it in family and they did it the first one when he's wearing the green. Now we're talking fashion. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I don't know why he looks great. Thank God he's in shape like as he is. Cause do you remember this outfit from, from this one? You probably don't, right? It was very neutral. I noticed his hair more. I was like, oh, good God, <laughs> it got wild. And I get that was to show time, but he really looked Einsteinian at the end. I was yeah. like, You're a crazy old person. <laughs> it works. Right? Well, th- another transition mm-hmm. that was so beautifully done mm-hmm. was was you come back from, from commercial, you come back from the Enterprise, and okay, what's with the Einstein hair? Well, not only that, but going from at the very end, all of the makeup, all of the... He's he's old. His hair is old. His body's old. He's slumped. And then he snaps back into this young body that's trim. And he's his hair is all bald and cut. And, and he looks clean and crisp and crazy because he just woke up from living a whole other life. That was a great, for me, visually, seeing all of the old and then just snapped right back into, oh, yeah, Dr. Crusher. Who are you for a minute? So good. What I was originally going to say is they made that culture specifically out of those two. I'm, I don't know if they were real people. You kind of, I, I don't know. Then it gets weird. We get into the weird stuff if you start analyzing it. <laughs> well, okay. So, so it gave a, a long dead civilization an opportunity to let somebody experience life as one of them. Right. You are a human being experiencing life as one of us. You can't experience life as anyone other than you. You don't have the ability to. You can never experience it as other than you or from mm-hmm. your perspective. So they basically said this is what it's like to be a person on our planet. Doesn't mean that you get all of it. You don't know what it's like to live in Germany or Africa or or um, right. Honolulu. I'm, there, we got a, a country, a a city, and a continent all in there. So I can sound like a total moron. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, we were talking about the exchange program between? Uh, Riker and Riker went on the other ship and yeah. Yes. And I had said, you have no idea until you are alone, not with a friend, not traveling alone in that culture for a very long time. And it changes you (laughs) and other people who've, who've done this, who've done the immersive thing. That's what happened here only for in his mind, an entire lifetime. And you can look at that and you can say, how lucky are you to experience that? Especially when the culture was, this was a very kind, I mean, a little oblivious, a little not, well, we're going to launch a rocket, but the only thing the rocket's going to do is share with one person our history. That's a lot of trust. They didn't want to send out like a hundred of these things. They just wanted to send out the one. Well, and maybe they did send out more. Oh, Okay, sure. We don't know. We get the we get the one probes view kind of thing. Well, we we found ours, uh, or maybe it works. I, I mean, it said that it shut down. They said at the end that it shut down, and there was only one flute in there. But I I would I would find it difficult to believe that it couldn't be like rerun and they could run other people through it and they could experience it too. Right. This is. Fairly advanced technology. The mind part of it definitely is, especially considering that we never saw any, 
like we got that they were they had some technologies and we got that mm-hmm. they could launch missiles. So mm-hmm. it made sense that they could send a probe up. I, I, I bought all that. The the mind zapping thing, they didn't I never saw anything in Picard's life as Cayman that said that they had that technology or were working on that. And that was a bit of a missing, but I didn't care. It was very simplistic, but it needed to be because that's not the story they were telling. They weren't telling the story because essentially, if you think about without any intent on anybody's part, the Borg kind of did the same thing to Picard. They took him, took his brain and made it part of theirs. That's exactly. And the difference between those two stories, one is horrifying that he has to get over and one is wonderful that he's going to have to get over but both are really powerful in his psyche. In some ways, I really do want to say, and this is odd because I was literally just having a conversation about this a couple days ago with uh-huh. someone, my paranoia about waking up, it's a, one of those weird fears, and something has changed, and the like. the Matrix switched, everybody knows it but me, it's always been that way, but I am set on believing that something has changed and I know that that street was that street before and I woke up one day and it's not that and everybody's telling me I'm crazy. So place yourself on that, only the entire world. Everything you are isn't real. You're You're not Picard. Why are you looking at the stars? Why don't you just join me here? What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? I mean, they're super sweet about it, but that's a mind trip, literally. And it's terrifying. I don't understand how... Like, you couldn't find this terrifying. Well, I think at, at first, I, I I don't know whether Picard found it terrifying, but he certainly found it He's distressing. Angry. He found it angry. Right. He found it angering. He found it confusing and frustrating, and he wouldn't give it up for years. It sounds right. like she was still talking, even even just before the whole the whole nursery thing, and and that was one mm-hmm. of the things about how they told this story that I thought was just beautiful was the transitions, when you would see yes. a, a chunk of Cayman's life, and then one of two things would happen: you'd either cut to commercial, which you know isn't quite as effective right, now, but you could tell that you know fade you to black, tell, yes, uh, or they mm-hmm. would cut back to something on the Enterprise, which almost sometimes seemed jarring to me when you'd cut back to the Enterprise and it's like, oh, right, um, uh, we're still in a Star Trek episode. We're do- you know we're dealing with that. You just you just right. want to see this story unfold, and that was another thing they did was here's the story about this this guy, this Cayman guy and trying to figure out life. And suddenly it's just being in a life and you're just interested in his life. In his kids, kids. in what they do. One of them wants to make, you can picture this man growing up like that. Right. One of them should get married, having babies. Sure. Yeah. There's all there. There was so much. The pacing of this was really, really brilliant. And it the first time watching it, it's kind of jarring because when you go, you understand, oh, the probe's doing this thing to him. It takes him to cuts back and then goes back to him. And it's five years later. And you see uh, like that was the moment I was like, oh, here's what here's what's happening. Okay, they're going to do an entire thing. This isn't going to be a, I'm fighting you for my brain. Let's get out. Let's find out who this civilization is and and talk to them and problem solve. That was not what this, it suddenly turned into, oh, 
this is going to be a long ride for him. And yeah, the Riker and where the heck was Troy? Like of all the moments. <laughs> um, was she there? She's. We got the doctor. We've got Riker. We've got Data. I watched this like four times. I can't picture. She wasn't her. I mean, we she had we had the doctor anywhere, and the you know the big let's let's disconnect the stream, uh, moment. Of all the times for her to shine on an emotional empath level. Wow. I didn't realize it until like the very end, and I was just like, "Hey, he just went through all of that." I'm not realizing it until this moment. Where's the telepath? Well, at least, I mean, she didn't, okay, clearly it didn't draw from the story, except that I I, I noticed it, and I was just like, oh. Was she in the episode? Mm-mm. I mean, I nope. can't. See, you get to see this for the first time, too. You're going to have to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> no, well, no problem. Uh, <laughs> um, but that, yeah, you're right. The, the telepath would have been the one person that might have been able to give them some actual useful information. He's, there's something, you know, he's confused. He's this, he's it's anything, right. anything. anything would have told. Well, and just to actually ease their minds that this isn't a Borg thing, something like he's not being attacked. Kind of. He, yeah. he is. They did it. Some, they did it against his will, which. Yeah. And, well, and instead they tried to brute force cut him off. Right. That that was Riker's tact. Well, they didn't know they thought he was being attacked, which. Well, I, I, I get it from, from that perspective in the 20 to 25 minutes that he was living that whole life, which even that moment when he, when he asks how long right. he says 20, 25 mm-hmm. minutes and, and Picard's face like 25. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it does, like that doesn't even compute. Can you imagine being brought out and being young again? Mm. What a huge because you're living life, and the more you live life, the more your body just fails you, and all the things that it's supposed to do, it stops doing, or it doesn't do as well as it used to, and then snapping and saying, "You didn't live a hundred years; it was twenty minutes." I'm shocked he didn't like start pulling out his hair and being like, what the, my body, my fingers feel so good. It would have been an interesting thing to put in there. I know why they didn't. Cause it's, it's sidebar, but I think it would have been really honest. You think about what Picard, can he come back? This man's being put through a lot of stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. We're not done. We're going to put him through more stuff, more mind control. We're going to torture him. You know, and every time, let's just put him back in the in the chair. There's a lot. That man is enduring. Dude's going through a lot of stuff. Yes. Do you immediately just let him be captain still? Like, shouldn't Riker say, hey, as number one, I think maybe you should take a holiday. Go see a therapist. As long as you get a good counselor on board, I suppose. Is she on board, really? <laughs> we don't even know anymore. It's just part of what makes Picard the man. It's just really interesting. That's that's what they go to as writers. Or that's what we go to. Is that what we want for him? We want him to settle down with a woman that he loves and have kids and play the flute? I don't know. I, that was... No, he does. I mean, he, he still does research and he's still... I don't know. Did they call him a welder or something? Like, what job did they yeah, give he him? Was, he's uh, the, he's metal... the best metalsmith or something weird like that. But he builds the telescope. And he teaches his daughter about scientific method. And he teaches his daughter all about, 
taking samples and science. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Really. I really like the daughter. I thought the son was a little, and maybe we just didn't get enough of the son for me to care as much about him. He was, he was good, but he wasn't mm-hmm. as memorable as the daughter. Sure. I thought that all of those connections where the two of them were talking about the, the samples and she took, you know, she's got this log and his goes back. And even that felt like a very real, real I felt like that that was his daughter. Seeing him play with the grandkid. Another one of those beautiful transition moments where they went from her death, commercial, mm-hmm. they come back, mm-hmm. the grieving is over, and now he's playing with the grandkid. It was That was so nicely done, and, and it's nice to not have the commercial in there so I could see that cut because I don't think I would have picked up on that jump. I they they told this story so well. Every little move in the story. Even when they when they cut the stream and he has his 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 attack inside and mm-hmm. they cut the stream mm-hmm. when we see they're about ready to do that and then they they give us a nice long scene where with his wife mm-hmm. and then he's affected. And then you're like, oh, God, that's right. And then we're back to the scene on the bridge of we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done that. It's not an immediate, here's the beam, here's him falling over at a party. It's here's the beam, here's what's happening. Oh, right. I see what you're saying. I'm telling you, pacing was amazing in this. Every transition that they did moved the story along the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. It was the, this, this, this show was so, somebody put this together with a lot of love. A lot of people put this together with a lot of love. I'm glad it was a five out of five for you. <laughs> I really totally. am. I'm glad that you're right there, that you see my, that you, so this is my notebook. This is my notebook. Is that this what this is? This is your notebook. It's yeah. my notebook. And you just have to watch 25 episodes before you can get to it so that you can appreciate it. So I had something I wanted to talk Trek about, which is just almost an extension of talking episode, which is let's talk about Patrick Stewart. Okay. And after that, I have something that's completely unrelated to this episode, but it's been bothering me. So I want to find out how much you know about communicators. (laughs) So we'll talk about that after. Let's talk Patrick Stewart because we clearly didn't get enough of him. Can you ever get enough of him? (laughs) My first introduction to him was actually in the movie Excalibur, which is, of course, about King Arthur's legend. He played Leon deGrasse. Hmm. He's done Waiting for Godot with uh, Ian McClellan. So those two, Mm -hmm. right? They're fun to listen to. They ever do interview when they do interviews together? Yeah. I'll fangirl on both of them. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Those two uh, playing against each other, playing off each other, whether it's on stage, whether it's as Magneto and Professor X. Mm-hmm. Um, did, I mention, did I mention already that I get a chance to work beside him on a comedy? You fanboyed out. I fanboyed out, but I didn't fanboy on him. <laughs> just just around I fanboyed him. after. <laughs> I fanboyed after. Like literally sure, I only sure. responded to what he asked me. So we both have a love for Patrick Stewart and yours is actual you saw seen him face to face. I actually yes, I acted side by side with him. I was bald guy next to Patrick Stewart. That was my role. So 
apart from that, I looked up like so much of the stuff that he did. So Blunt Talk, obviously Professor X, Charles Xavier from all of the X-Men and Marvel Universe movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was the narrator from Ted and Ted 2. Yeah, really? The movies? Yep. About, About, About the bear? Yeah. About the bear, the Seth uh, the Seth MacFarlane movies. I never watched them. Uh, he was also, by the way, he did four uh, Star Trek movies. I don't know if you knew that, but there were four Next Generation movies that he was kind of in. A little bit, maybe? A little bit, yeah. So, um, and then just to finish out his IMDb credits, I just, wasn't he just fantastic as poop in the Emoji movie? <laughs> also one I didn't see, but... My niece loved it. She had a poop emoji party. <laughs> oh, well, and and I'm sure Patrick Stewart, I mean, who else could play poop with the dignity that that man could? If Picard is your thing and you want to see more very heavily focused Picard episodes, I've got a few that that feature him almost as much as this one does. I think this probably features him more than any. So these are your recommendations? Yep, these are my recommendations. Okay. And I got a bunch of them. I got a bunch of them today. So um, Captain's Holiday, Picard goes to Risa. You haven't even heard about Risa. Risa is a pleasure planet. And he goes there for... Wait, 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 what? It's a pleasure planet. Does that mean somebody finally watches TV on TV? Or does that mean gentlemen's club? Uh, no, that means uh, gentlemen's club, ladies club, anything's you want club, aliens okay. club, hanging out. He's just there for the sun and, the, uh, and, and to read a good book. But sure, sure. He, but he, no, really. I mean, like it takes forever to get him to loosen up on holiday. Episode uh, nineteen of the third season, Captain's Holiday. He meets Vosh, a beautiful um, and somewhat shady archaeologist who's mm-hmm. might be involved in a little bit of dealing. We get to have a little fun with some Ferengi in that. And if you're going to watch that, by the way, the follow-up to it is Cupid, Q-P-I-D. That's season four, episode 20. Uh, In which Q comes along and... Turns the entire bridge crew of the Enterprise into Robin Hood and his merry men. Oh, really? Picard gets to be Robin Hood. Vosh will become Maid Marian. Um, Q will be the the sheriff of Nottingham, of course, (laughs) because why not? I might like Q better after that one. Comedy ensues. It is a fun, fun episode. Lots of fun. And you'll probably dig Vosh. She's she's a strong strong lady. Um, Tapestry I've already mentioned where um, also using Q, Picard goes back in time and gets to relive a moment where he had been stabbed through the heart. um, Requiring – I mentioned this before. He has a – he has an artificial heart, which he got after almost being killed um, as a as a uh, graduating cadet back at the academy, and uh, he gets to go back and relive huh. that. Yeah, we've mentioned it. I've t- I've talked about it. Tapestry, great great show. Okay. A few episodes after Tapestry was Starship Mine. Starship Mine is all about Picard taking on the role of Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Oh, yes. I'm going to watch this one. It's it's Picard versus the terrorists. It's only them on the Enterprise. 
and it's all explained and makes perfect sense that it happens this way. Mm -hmm. And it just shows him having to take the terrorists out and deal with uh, an on an impending time element, a threat that's, sure. that's also, he's got to do it in a certain amount of time yep. or everybody's gone. So, yeah, and and Picard is a badass. Right. Starship Mine. Pull, sounds like good sci-fi action. I'm into that. Absolutely. I, I told you I had a lot. I got I got two more I'm going to mention here. Okay. The first one, and, it, and this one's a two-parter, it's called Gambit. Gambit's parts one and two. Se- season seven, episodes four and five. Picard is dead at the beginning of this episode and okay. has been vaporized and we are on a search to find him. And when we finally catch up with him and discover that he wasn't actually killed, he actually has infiltrated a uh, a, a group of potentially dubious people and things are afoot and it gets very... I don't even know how to describe this. It just it, It's a fun... It's a fun Picard out of he's, – he's, he doesn't have the Enterprise to back him up, and he's got to deal with the situation. Okay. And, and Riker gets involved, and he – if I remember correctly, he's pretty cool in this too. Who the hell knows? <laughs> You're never going to be sure of saying that again. <laughs> and, and now I'm going to say one more. And okay. this is the one that if, if – I'm so sorry, folks, for all of you that, that – um, just expected Darmok to be on my um, on my fifty two. It it should be. I know Darmok is a fantastic episode. Uh, it features Picard very heavily. Uh, Darmok is a a um, a story where Picard and this other alien Darmok end up together on a planet unable to communicate with one each one another they've never these two races have never communicated properly with one another and he has to work out a way to communicate so that they can defeat this thing that's coming to to attack him it's it's a fantastic episode in first contact in in finding common ground and it's you know it's, it was either the inner light or Darmok, and I'm sorry, it's got to be the inner light. So there you go. There's my recommendations. All right. That was a There's lot of me ones. talking. Do you have anything you have to say about any of that? I just went blah, 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 blah. Uh, I also have a recommendation. It has nothing to do with Star Trek, but it does have to do with the inner light. Oh. Uh, this episode was a lot like poetry to me. There was a lot of show, don't tell. And there was a lot of meaning just brought from the viewer. So this is what I took away from this. There's a particular poem by Walt Whitman. It's pretty famous for a poem. And you should all go look it up if you love the inner light. It's called Of the Terrible Doubt of Appearances. It's not very long, but it's worth a read. Awesome. Go pick up some leaves of grass. <laughs> okay. By, and who, who, by who? Whitman. By Walt Whitman. Have you ever read it? No, but I'm gonna. It's that one in particular, just because I was just like, oh, there's too much in here. That's it's so perfect that it matches. I can I can read a Walt Whitman poem on our on our podcast, can't I? You can. What does it mean to you? Tell me what it means to you. I mean, it starts out the uncertainty. We're all deluded. Identity beyond the grave. Everything you're seeing, it's, it's mocking you. It's not what it is. 
And then it transitions into this, everything that you're looking around isn't real. I am charged with an untold and untellable wisdom. I am silent. I require nothing further. We're getting to experience something else. This is, is that not the inner light? So this poem and this, <laughs> it lined up for me. It not in this episode, but in uh, specifically Best of Both Worlds and another one. There's a moment when Shelby says something and she doesn't touch her communicator. Yes. It's just, and then Worf responds through the communicator. Yeah. So I'm used to them being like, oh, I'll tap my chest and then say something and then they'll respond. But there are moments when they don't tap their chest and the people respond, which means that the Enterprise is always listening and you're always being recorded. I don't know. Is the Enterprise listening all the time? That's an interesting question. We should find that out. Siri, is the Enterprise listening? Oh, I get it. Um, yes, the Enterprise is listening uh-huh. all the time. How else couldn't it? It has to, right? To function, um, yes. How does the computer on the Enterprise work? Sure. How does it anticipate all of the stuff that it needs to in the holodeck? How does it know everything that it needs to know about all the details from everything everywhere? She's alive. Well, maybe. I mean, we've talked about the Enterprise computer being uh, being alive before, right? Mm-hmm. I believe it. Um, chances are the actor, actress probably just didn't think to do it, wasn't told to do it. It got missed. Right. It got missed in the edit. It was probably just a mistake. The tapping thing was always supposed to be a thing unless they, unless they go on to, you know, uh, what they would call like, they would call it open communication. We would probably just call it speakerphone. Oh, hey, that works perfect for me. They left it on speakerphone. Perfect. That solves it. I'm, I'm happy with there that. You go. I mean, I still think the Enterprise is alive and listening to you, but speakerphone is good. So we are one episode away from finishing our block of Next Generation episodes. And we're going to be talking about that episode when we get to talking next week in just a few moments. But we wanted to let y'all know that after we do our last episode of Next Generation... In between that and starting out our Deep Space Nine, we're going to have a bonus episode with a few little bonus conversations, things that Jessica and I have talked about regarding Next Generation, regarding Trek. It's not going to have much of a theme to it. Heck, we'll probably talk about two or three episodes. And We're giving ourselves a break and hoping that you enjoy a little bit. That's what we're doing. <laughs> so that's, it's a good transition. And then we'll start with uh, DS9. Yep, and, and and so that's going to happen, I think that's going to happen it, the, the first week of April. So this will be a little April Fool's bonus. Hey, I like that. So I guess I've not done the April Fool's joke because I just spoiled it. We should have had something prepared. For the, We didn't know we were going to be talking about this quite yet. No, we, we, we sort of thought of this like a few minutes ago. And when we said, hey, we should let them know that we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're up to. We're going to, so we'll have some conversations. April 1st is a Sunday. So that's our bonus episode is going to be the, the week of April Fools. And then we will be starting up our Deep Space Nine dive. Um, and I won't, I'll, I'll even let you guys know. We're going to start with the, with Emissary, not the Emissary, just 
Emissary, which is the pilot episode, uh, episodes one and two. So uh, that's how we're going to, and that's the other reason we're doing that. Next week, I got a, I got a two-parter. We got a two-parter to start Deep Space Nine. We need to talk next week. Yeah, we should do that. You're already getting into that. All right, cool. Let's stop. Yep. Tell me what's happening next week. What am I watching? And is it going to be as good as The Inner Light? Probably not, but you may enjoy it just about as much, or you may even enjoy it more. I don't know. We'll see. <gasps> we'll see if it gets more fives. Uh, you have been, you, you are now officially, officially a Star Trek fan. Is that is that correct? I would say so, yes. At the halfway point of your, your track, have we actually... So it's time for some fan service for you, Jessica. Woohoo! I like Woo-hoo. it. And I made a promise to you that we were not done with um, Spock, that you would see Spock <gasps> again. Yay! Spock I'm did so an episode of The Next Generation, and that's how we're going to conclude your trek through The Next Generation here. Okay. So uh, let me start with one spoiler and a few reminders, because there's a lot here that we got to go through. So let me start with that. In the third season, there was an episode that we've talked about a little bit called Sarek. It was the 23rd episode of the third season, Mm -hmm. and it's all about Spock's father. I remember this. You said he had gotten essentially the Vulcan version of dementia or Alzheimer's, and it's truly awful. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 hard, and he's dealing with it in that episode. It's called Bondi syndrome, and during that episode, in order for him to deal with it and handle some negotiations that he had to do as an ambassador, he ended up doing a mind meld with Picard. Oh, okay. So okay. Picard and Sarek have shared experiences together. That's relevant to this episode. Okay. Okay. So if you want to go back and watch Sarek before. If you have time for an extra hour of, of and it's a great episode, it's it's fantastic. Um, Sarek will be back in this episode, and it's at the very late stages of Bondi syndrome. Um, people get old, so there you go. As we have just seen. Yes, but you will get to see you will get to see uh, Mark Leonard reprise his role one more time as as Sarek of Vulcan. Awesome. He's great. He's great. The name of the episode, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the name of the episode, and then I'm going to give you the reminders, and then you can tell me what you think this might be about. Okay. The name of the episode is Unification, okay. parts, parts one and two. Unification. Okay. Parts one and two. It's the, it, it, the fifth season, episodes seven and eight. And we're going to watch them both this week. So two-parter. So we're not doing the, we're not doing the split. Yep. Right. Reminder number one, remember the Romulans from the Enterprise incident? Remember how they kind of looked like Vulcans, the Romulan commander, all that stuff? We're going to be dealing with Romulans in this episode. Okay. Remember the Klingons. Well, now, as I told you before, we have a new leader. Mm -hmm. It's Galran. And part of how that all happened, Picard was involved in. He became Galran's arbiter of succession. Picard's got Mm -hmm. a few favors that he can call in. Remember the Ferengi? Okay. Okay. And remember how you felt about them? Sure. We're going to see another, we're going to see another Ferengi in the second half of this episode. (laughs) Yes. And this guy is a whole lot more like the remake Ferengis that we're going to be seeing moving on. He's far more genuine and real, and he's probably one of the best Ferengis that they've ever had in the next generation. And lastly, okay. 
Remember Tasha Yar? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is she just not dead ever? So, do you, do you remember Tasha Yar? <laughs> do you remember how she died? And how she died again? And that she didn't actually die, but she had a child with a Romulan <laughs> officer? Yes. And that that uh, child's name is Sila, and she grew up to become a Romulan officer of her own, and that she's not a good guy. Do you remember all that? Yes, I remember. Cool. So she's going to be in this, too. So when she shows up, we've seen her before. There you go. And, and then the last one is, do you remember Spock? Oh, honey. Do I remember Spock? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So uh, that's all the information you get. We got Romulans and Ferengi and Klingons and Tasha Yar's daughter and Spock and Sarek. And it's called Unification. And I've given you as many clues as I can possibly give you. I'm never going to guess this. There's... Hmm. Well, all right. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. There's going to be a lot of individual relationship threads that all tie together. So you're going to have some things where it's like, what'd you say her name was? Sila comes and she talks to Spock and they have a thing. And then a ship blows up over here. So, uh, the Klingons have to deal with that and Picard and then Picard goes over here. So I think it's going to be a bunch of transitioning kind of relationship things that all end up in a giant meeting room where they have to like work it out. And, and there's a peace treaty that's signed that then that's the unification is we all come together in the end. I, I got that. Okay. <laughs> the answer is, yeah, I and the know, answer is, but... the answer is you'll find out when you watch Unification. When are you going to be watching and tweeting Unification? That will be happening. I will do my first watch on March 25th. That's a Sunday as usual, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, which makes it, what, 6 p.m. Pacific Time? So if y'all are on that, follow along at Begin the Trek, like, again, as usual, uh, if you don't see it until later, it does pop up on www.beginningthetrek.com. So if you go to any of your like favorite episodes that are on our 52, you can see my sidebar of tweets. I've been seeing a lot of sidebars of tweets or a lot of tweets. You're, we've had some people out there tweeting around a little bit lately. They've been all Twittering and cool. such. Yeah. So let's, and, and, and our Facebook page is at Beginning the Trek. You can reach us at our webpage, www.beginningthetrek.com. And we've got an email address. What's our email address? Info at beginningthetrek.com will come to go. us. There you go. So if you have thoughts or you know things that we said wrong and they're bothering you, or you want to see what's coming up, because I bet Andy will respond to that. If you've got sure, if you if you want to tell me what now that you know my my lineup here for the for the next generation, how did I do? What did I miss? What should I have shown her instead of what I did show her? I'd love to hear. Oh, he's not asking me, guys. No, I'm not asking. (laughs) I was sitting here. I'm like, I'm going to answer this, and I'm just like, don't know. Never mind. You watched watched like thirteen episodes. That's all you've seen. You don't know what else there is out there. I want to know what I, I want to know because, because, you know, I made this list up based on story elements, based on character developments, all that kind of stuff. Was there something that I didn't think about? I would love to know because. There you go. Tell them folks. So we'll see you next week then. Yeah. So, so enjoy your fan service. Enjoy your, your, your guest starring Leonard Nimoy. 
Yay. They can't see this, but I'm making a little heart with my hands. She's making the, the little the little finger heart thing there. She's all... I, I, you just are smiling ear to ear. You're like so excited about getting to see a little more Spock. Yeah. It'll be good. Fun, fun, fun. All right. So you have fun doing that, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right. Bye. Of the Terrible Doubt of Appearances by Walt Whitman. Of the terrible doubt of appearances, of the uncertainty after all that we may be deluded, that maybe reliance and hope are but speculations after all, that maybe identity beyond the grave is a beautiful fable only, maybe the things I perceive, the animals, plants, men, hills, hills, shining shining and flowing waters, the skies of day and night, colors, colors, densities, densities, forms, forms, maybe these are, as doubtless they are, Only apparitions, and the real something has yet to be known. How often they dart out of themselves as if to confound me and mock me. How often I think that neither I know, nor any man knows, aught of them. Maybe, seeming to me what they are, as doubtless they indeed but seem, as from my present point of view and might prove, as of of course course they they would, would. not of what they appear, or not anyhow from entirely changed points of view. To me, these and the like of these are curiously answered by my lovers, my dear friends. When he in whom I love travels with me or sits along while holding me by the hand. When the subtle air, the impalpable, the sense that words and reason hold not, surround us and pervade us, then I am charged with untold and untellable wisdom. I am silent. I am silent. I require nothing further. I require nothing further. I cannot answer the question of appearances or that of identity beyond the grave. But I walk or sit indifferent. I am satisfied. He a hold of my hand. He a hold of my hand has has completely completely satisfied satisfied me. me. Walt Whitman.